Hi everybody, this is Kelsey and welcome back to 31 Days of Spooky Movies. Today our movie is Midsummer from 2019. So this is a folk horror film from 2019. It's written and directed by Ari Aster, and this is Ari Aster's second movie. It came out a year after Hereditary. Um, it's The production company is A24, which I, I just like to talk about them because they've done a lot of really great horror movies in recent years. Um, like they've done a ton and a ton of non-horror movies, but some of like the kind of spooky or horror movies they did, um, Ex Machina, The Witch, Hereditary, and Midsummer, um, The Lighthouse. And just in 2022 alone, they did the movie Men, they did the movie X, they did Pearl, and they did Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So yeah, anytime I hear about an A24 movie coming out, I get really excited because they've made some great horror movies. Um, I do have a couple fun facts about this movie. Um, so it's based in Northern Europe. Well, it's based in Sweden. And it's based like um, in a small community in Sweden. And so the dialogue is, um, most of it is not subtitled. And this was definitely done on purpose. It was like to give the audience a sense of isolation as well as like the visitors because there's a, it's Americans visiting Sweden. Um, so it's not a lot of it is not subtitled. But obviously they are speaking in Swedish um, and I've heard or I read as well like on IMDb that it doesn't like this movie in Sweden it wasn't really a scary movie because they could understand what the background characters were saying so um, like people thought this was funny this was actually like referred to as a black comedy in Sweden so it was popular but it was not really a horror movie people liked it but they thought it was funny which I think is so interesting um, but for us like yeah there's a lot of um, Swedish and we like there's a lot of the time where we don't know what's happening and um, we are definitely left in the dark throughout the whole movie. Um, something that I really like about this movie is that um, because it's in northern Europe and it's during the solstice the sun doesn't really go down. I think um, there's only um, like when when they're actually in Sweden I think they only have a little bit of an evening and the rest of the time it's it's daylight and I think that's so fun for a horror movie um, it just adds like a different creep level honestly um, you just like don't expect things and it's great I really like it um, so I'll just tell you the premise of the movie a couple travels to northern Europe to visit a rural hometown's fabled Swedish midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. That's right from IMDb. That's a very, very, very good description. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. We open on just viewing a tapestry for a few moments. And um, if you actually look closely at the tapestry and read, like look at it from left to right, it actually depicts what's about to happen in the film and the fates of some of the characters. So it's kind of an Easter egg, I guess. Um, then the tapestry goes away. We hear a phone ringing. Um, it rings, it rings, it goes to the answering machine. We hear, hi, mom and dad, it's Danny. She's like, I'm just checking in. Sorry to be calling so late. And she says that she got... Uh, kind of a scary email from Terry, who's her sister. And she says she's not answering now. Um, it sounds like you guys have been fighting or something happened. And I'm just a little bit worried. And we see that there's two older people asleep in bed. That's where the phone was ringing. Then we cut to Danny, who's the girl who just made the call. She's at her computer looking at emails from her sister. Um, the email says, the most recent email says, I can't anymore. Everything's black. Mom and dad are coming to goodbye. 
she calls her boyfriend Christian. She's like crying, like kind of holding back tear tears. And he's like, oh, I just smoked some resin with Mark and we're now we're getting pizza. So he's having a bit of a night, different night than her for sure. Um, she was like, just wanted to see if we could hang out later. And he's like, yeah, I guess I could, you know, swing by. And, um, I'm just kind of setting the groundwork. I'm going to tell you right now that I don't like the boyfriend Christian. So any chance for me to rag on him, I will do it. Um, Danny's telling him though, like I just got, um, a bunch of emails or I just got one email from my sister and now I've emailed, emailed her a bunch of times and she's not responding. I'm really nervous. And he's like, she does this every other day, babe. And you let her. And she's like, well, I don't let her. She's bipolar. And he's like, well, you just go straight to crisis mode every time. And she's like, well, even you said that this email sounded a little different. And he's like, well, you know, I'm wrong. Like the more you respond, the more she's encouraged to do this. And eventually Danny's like, I know, I know. Um, I just needed to be reminded. I'm so lucky to have you. I love you. Um, next, we see her on the phone with a friend and she's like crying and she's like, I'm just worried that I'm pushing Christian away with all my family stuff. And um, her friend's like being really supportive and is like, well, like if he can't handle it, then maybe he's not the right person for you. Like you're just, you just need help from your boyfriend. That's a normal thing. Um, and then we see her take an Ativan. And um, at this point, we cut to um, Christian, the boyfriend, and he's with his friends. And we hear his friend, Mark, who we'll very much get to know. And he's like, you have to get off the fence with this. Um, like, you've been wanting to do this for over a year now. And Christian's like, what if I regret it and I can't get her back later? And Mark's like, you don't want her back. And Christian says, I might. So yeah, this is, yeah, Mark says again that you've been wanting out of this quote unquote stupid relationship for like a year now. Um, we also learned at that point that Christian is working on his PhD. Um, and we also know that he doesn't know what his thesis is going to be yet. So that's a little bit about Christian. Um, his phone rings and then he answers and it's Danny and she is just screaming and sobbing. She's like, like, you can't understand anything that she's saying. And then we cut to two firemen. We see them turning off two cars in a garage um, it's filled with exhaust and then we see that there's hoses from like leading from each exhaust pipe going into the house going upstairs one goes into the parents bedroom and we see that it's the older couple that we saw earlier we thought they were sleeping they are actually dead and the other hose goes into who we presume is Danny's sister's room and we see a girl sitting on the floor and she has a hose duct taped to her mouth it's so fucked up this is actually the first time that I've looked at this fully um I've always closed my eyes and um I recommend closing your eyes it's really fucked up and then we just see um like Christian is walking up to Danny's house and we can hear her screaming from outside and then um he's like inside with her and she's just like no 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 and like he is so not equipped for this the whole situation is so fucked um it's sad it's so sad um then we cut to it's been a while like it's been a few days um it may even have been a couple weeks now and christian walks into danny's room and she's like been asleep and He's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm just going to that party. And he's like, you keep sleeping. And he asks, are you sure you've had enough sleep? Which like, I'm sure she's been sleeping nonstop. She's probably had enough sleep. So she does go to the party. She rallies. And at the party, we learn that the whole group of friends is going to Sweden. And his Josh, his friend Josh says it's for his dissertation about Midsummer festivals. 
And Christian's like, yeah, like we were talking about it, like being so like, yeah, maybe about it. And she's just like, when? And and the answer is two weeks from now. And and Christian's like, yeah, that's if like, that's if we even go, like, I'm probably not even going. And all the guys look super awkward because it's like, he's obviously going. Um, so they get back to the apartment and she's like, that was weird. And he was like, what was weird? Like, he sucks so bad, you guys. Um, I wish I could write this entire conversation out, but I'm not going to. I'm going to try and, you know, make it not too crazy. He's just so manipulative. Like, he pretty much invented gaslighting in this conversation. So he's like, I just decided today. And she's like, but you already have a ticket? Like, you already have a ticket. And then he's like, I'm sorry? And she's like, I don't mind that you're going. I just think it's weird that you didn't tell me. And he's like, well, I just apologized. So, um, and then he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go home. And she really doesn't want him to go home. Like she's got a lot of, um, like separation anxiety going on right now. Um, so she like, is like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't want you to go. Like, it's okay. I'm sorry. And then she ends up apologizing to him. I hate that scene. Um, so we see Christian, he's back with his friends. We see that Danny is coming up to their apartment and Christian's like, oh, by the way, I invited Danny. She said yes, but she's not actually going to come. Um, and he like pretty much like the guys are like, what, like, what are you talking about? Like you invited her and he's like, yeah, but she's not going to come. And they don't seem stoked, but then he pulls the dead family card and they're like, yeah, no, uh, like, of course guys, like, or they're like, of course, Christian, like no big deal. And then he says, oh, and if she asks, it was your idea to invite her. Um, so she's upstairs now and we meet Pele and he is from Sweden and it's actually him who is bringing all of these friends to the small village to see his midsummer festival. And we learn it's a nine day festival and there's special ceremonies and there's like dressing up. Um, Christian had called it a commune, which, um, like that's actually what Danny says to him. And I, I don't know if that's, if it comes across as a nice thing or a bad thing, but um, Pele says that he's very, very glad that she's coming. He says it's good she's coming. Um, and then he says, I'm so very sorry to hear about your loss. And like up until this point, like he, she has been avoiding the topic so hard and she like immediately starts to tear up and she goes to the bathroom um, and she closes the door. And as she does, um, she like has her mouth covered because she's starting to cry and it actually turns into an airplane bathroom. So now we see that she's on an airplane. They're on their way to Sweden and she is just sobbing. She's like heaving in breaths, holding her hand over her face to keep quiet. Um, and then like that just lasts a few seconds. And then we see her walking back to her seat um, beside Christian. They land and now they're going to drive to um, the first stop that they're going to. So it's going to be a four hour drive. We see them driving through the countryside and they arrive. We see that there is a bunch of other people and Pele says that they're also young people from his community who are coming back from being abroad. We meet his brother Ingmar and he introduces us to Connie and Simon. They are a couple from London so he also brought friends with him. Um, that group of people just took some mushrooms. So they're like offering, like, do you guys want to take some mushrooms? And, um, like everyone, like Josh and Mark and Christian, everyone's like really stoked. Danny says to Christian though, like she just wants to find her footing first. She wants to feel settled. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll wait too then. And she's like, no, go ahead. But he tells his friends he's going to wait. Um, and they're like, dude, we can't take separate trips. Um, so like Danny gives in and she's like, no, it's okay. I'm ready. It's okay. Which is like sad. She's probably gonna have a pretty bad trip. 
Um, next, we see them all sitting on a really beautiful grassy hill. It's We learn it's 9 p.m., but it's like the middle of the day. It's so bright out. They're all really high. Mark is like kind of freaking out, but in a funny way. He's like, um, he sees someone coming over and he's like, oh, fuck, it's a new person. I don't want anyone new coming over. And he's like, okay, guys, I'm just going to lay down, okay? He lays down. He's like, everyone else lay down. Um, he's like, Josh, can you please lie down? It's just really funny. Um, we see Danny, she's just sitting and she's like breathing deeply and she looks at her hand. Her hand is like on the ground. Um, and we see there's like grass growing out of it. Um, and she's like looking at the trees and we can see the, like them just like moving in a really interesting, like very mushroom trip type way. I've heard people say that this is like the best mushroom trip they've seen depicted in a movie before. Um, Someone says, you guys are like my family. And then Danny just like snaps out of her trip kind of. And the word is so triggering for her. So she gets up and walks away. Um, she walks away from her group and then like comes to another group. And people are like having fun and laughing. And she thinks that they're laughing at her. Um, so she keeps walking and she's like just trying to keep it together. And she's like, stop it. Stop it. Um, and she goes into like a tiny house. Um, it's like pretty scary in there. Um, sorry, it's like an outhouse. So it's like it's yeah it's really scary um she's just like trying to keep it together um and then she runs out into the woods and at that moment the screen goes black and we see her family like sitting in front of the tv um just like a quick flash of it and then she wakes up and she's lying on the ground um and christian is saying that they found her sleeping there like six hours ago and she asks is it tomorrow um and we learned that they have to hike to get to pele's community so um, we see them walking and they're commenting on how long it is. We don't learn how long it is exactly. Um, and then we see though that they have made it and they enter this community through like a giant wooden, not statue, but it, like, it's like slats of wood painted yellow. And it's like, I don't know, like maybe even like a mural that they walk through, I guess. Um, Danny is like shocked and amazed by what she sees. It's so beautiful. We see people like literally playing like a recorder like as they as they come in like there's lots of like folk music throughout this movie obviously um and yeah it looks like an old school farming community everyone is wearing like beautiful white flowy like cotton clothing um and we meet a man he is like he's not he's kind of in charge i guess um and he says that there are some festiv festivities today but tomorrow the official ceremony begins so we see everyone um, now is like walking towards a big um, like decorated maypole and we actually see there's a stage and a woman says welcome to Harga that's the name of the community she says happy midsummer it's been 90 years since our last great feast and it will be 90 years until our next one so this is the beginning of the nine day feast or the nine day festival we see there's like fun dancing happening people are like holding hands and running around like like running running dancing like in a big circle and our people are kind of just sitting and watching and Danny says that she's too scared to join in and Connie she's one of the she's the woman from London says um that they came here with Ingmar at, who's Pele's brother um am I giving too much information I don't know who knows um and she asks what game are the kids playing and the answer is skin the fool so as people are dancing around a young red-haired girl kicks Christian as she runs by and then she like gives him a coy smile and then after that Christian wants to join in the dance curious 
Um, Pele gives Danny a pencil drawing of herself, like wearing a really pretty flower crown, um, because he remembered that it was her birthday. And she mentions that Christian forgot. And she's like, it's okay. I forgot to remind him. It's not his fault. Next we see, like they're walking. Pele's giving them a tour and we see like some kids are just like sitting in a circle on the grass and that's class or that's school time. And, um, like they're learning uh, the rune alphabet because yeah, like, I don't like, I wasn't going to say this right away, but it said it in the description. Like this is a cult. Like it's not a, it's not a commune. It's straight up a cult. Um, but it's a nice one so far. Uh, Connie asks how long have Christian and Danny been together? And he says, Oh, like maybe three and a half years. And she's like, Oh, it'll be four years in two weeks. And he's like, really? Wow. They ask Connie and Simon and Ingmar, like how all three of them met and um, Igmar says, funny story, I was dating Connie when Simon and Connie met. And Connie says, well, we went on one date and I didn't even know it was a date. So, and Igmar's like, yeah, of course. I mean, Connie and I decided to be friends and now Connie and Simon are engaged. Isn't that funny? Um, and Simon's like, we actually asked Igmar to officiate the wedding. And Danny's like, really? And he's like, no, it's just kind of a, a little dig there. Um, they look over at a building and they ask what it is. Um, we learn it's a secret temple that no one is allowed to enter. And it's like this yellow, um, like beautiful A-frame building. Like it's almost like just like an entire triangle building, like it's just a triangle, big yellow triangle building. Um, and now they're going to go see where they sleep. And, um, as they're walking to see, we like pass a cage and there's just like a big brown bear in it. And Simon's like, are we just going to ignore this bear? And Igmar's like, it's a bear. And it's like, what else is there to say? Um, and next, um, as they're walking, Connie is looking at another tapestry that's hanging on a clothesline. And Igmar says, it's a love story. So I'm going to tell you what it says or what it, what we see. So it's like different panels, like almost like a comic book, like different actual square panels. And the first one we see is a close-up of a vagina. And a woman is cutting her pubic hair. Then we see her baking it into like a I don't know if we see what it actually is but she's baking it into something and then we see her bleeding her period blood into a cup and giving both of these things to a man then we see the man's eyes are hypnotized and then in the last frame they're in love and they're kissing and she's pregnant um so they just we just see that and they don't talk about it so like we just see that and move on um, next we see inside this huge big wooden building like the ceilings are maybe like 50 foot tall it's so amazing and there's like designs and it's like painted all over the walls and all over the posts um and they say or um Pele says that this is where all the younger people sleep and it's just like a big open space with beds around the outside walls and Pene sorry, Pele explains that they believe life is like um, a season. So you're a child until you're 18, that's spring. And at some point, they all do a pilgrimage, which is between the ages of 18 and 36, that's summer. And then from 36 to 54, it's working age, which is fall. And finally, from 54 to 72, you become a mentor. Danny asks, what happens at 72? And Pele does like this gesture of like, your head gets chopped off. He's just joking though. He um, like, he laughs. It's a joke. Everyone laughs. Um, then we see Pele talking to Christian and Danny sees it. And 
they're like whispering and we hear Christian say, oh, did she say anything? Like obviously Pele is reminding Christian that it's her birthday. We also learned that there's a dance competition every year and the winner becomes um, crowned as the May Queen. So um, Christian pulls Danny aside and he has a small piece of cake with a candle in it. And he's like singing happy birthday to her and trying to light it. It, it won't light. It's so awkward. Um, and he's like, you don't think I forgot, did you? And then she just is like, mm. and he's like, I'm sorry. I got fucked up by the daylight. I thought it was yesterday. Okay, this comment, he says, I thought it was yesterday. Do you think that he means he thought her birthday was yesterday or that he thought today was yesterday? Because my mind goes to that he thought her birthday was yesterday and that was his excuse. But like, that's still fucked up. You know what I mean? Anyways, my husband and I have like talked, had a discussion, a debate about this. I think it's the first one. I think he forgot her birthday completely and I think he's an asshole. But to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe, yes, he is a day behind in his mind. Anyways, um, inside the sleeping house, um, everyone's like getting ready for bed. We hear like a baby crying because like everyone just sleeps in the same room until you're 36. And Pele says it's a big day tomorrow. It's the first of the cer of the ceremonies. And he says, Atastupa. And Josh says, wait, a real one? And Christian asks, like, what is it? But neither Pele or Josh will answer. And they say that it will be better to experience it tomorrow. And Danny asks Josh, is it scary? And he just smiles, which is actually so fucked up when you find out what Atastupa means. Um, so yeah, that's going to happen tomorrow and we don't know. And yeah, Josh, again, is the guy who's there for his dissertation. He's studying Midsummer. Um, practices so it's the next day now and we hear lots of like beautiful nordic music um like throughout the whole movie it's like very soulful um now we gather at a bunch of or like several long tables for a meal we see a woman um we see a couple of women walking backwards like picking up flowers and we hear mark say somebody should tell those girls they're walking stupid that's just the kind of thing that he says that's what he's all about um, and he gets his, so don't even worry about it. Um, now everyone is standing at the table, the tables, and we see two elderly people, a man and a woman. We had seen them earlier, um, like holding torches, like being given torches at like an opening ceremony kind of. So they're obviously important. Um, they sit down and when they do, everybody else sits down. They start eating and when they do, everybody else starts eating. Um, we see a woman holding a baby and she's telling Danny that the baby's mother is on her pilgrimage and babies um, are raised by everyone here. And I think that's like a kind of a culty thing. Like she even says, like, we take the babies like so that the babies um, like don't have separation anxiety from their mothers. And because like everybody raises the babies. Anyways, um, the elderly man and woman stand up from the table and start like chanting really loudly. It's all in Swedish. We can't understand any of it. Um, everybody stands and lifts a glass to them and they sit in their chairs and then their chairs are actually lifted and carried by people. Um, Mark says he's tired, so he's going to take a nap. He's just going to miss this entire like first big ceremony. No big deal. Next, we see everyone is standing and looking up and like, I don't know if they're humming or if it's just the music. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes, but we see everyone is standing at the bottom of like, I guess a cliff, like either like a massive rock or just like a cliff it's pretty much a cliff and we see that the two elderly people are arriving at the top of the cliff 
um, at the top, we see that they're getting um, their palms cut open, like both palms are getting sliced open. And then there's a stone and they rub their bloody hands on it. Then we see the woman standing on the edge of the cliff. We see Danny starting to like breathe harder. I think she's starting to like see what's about to happen. I think you guys can also see what's about to happen. And then there's complete silence. Like all the music stops. You don't hear breathing, don't hear anything. And she jumps. Danny gasps and like grabs Christian's arm and covers her mouth. And then we see this woman land on a big stone slab and she bounces off of it and her face is entirely gone. It's just blood. Um, Simon and Connie are immediately not okay. We hear them in the background. We see them arguing with Ingmar and they're like, what the fuck, dude? Um, then we see a close-up of this woman's face. It's really not pretty. Um, it's horrible. And again, this is the first time I've watched this part. I won't watch it again. It's so brutal. It's so bloody. Um, now we see the man on the top of the hill and they're all just like, everyone's just watching except for Simon, um, who's shouting like, don't jump, don't jump. And then, um, the guy jumps feet first. He does not die. Um, other people like the, like the people in the community just start screaming and moaning along with this guy, like as if they're feeling what he's feeling. So everyone's just like yelling and moaning. And then someone is given a giant wooden mallet and they walk over to the man and they bash his head with it. And then they pass the mallet to the next person and they do it. So it happens three times and they show it all. It's really horrific. Sometimes it's just like a close up shot of this happening. And Simon's like, we're going like, this is so fucked. And then he's like, you're all fucked. You're just standing there watching. And um, a woman like runs after them. She's kind of like um, like an in-charge woman as well. And she's like, this is a long, long observed custom. They've reached the end of their Harga life cycle. This is a great joy for them. And she's just like trying to calm them down. Um, the ceremony is finished now. And Danny is walking by herself, just like holding in sobs. Um, and she like gets behind a building and she's just like silently wailing. Um, Christian goes to talk to Josh and Christian tells him that he's decided that he's going to do his thesis on the Harga. The same thing that Josh is doing, like the whole reason why they're there. Josh says, I feel like I can't tell if you're joking. And he's not like Christian sucks so bad. And Josh is like, what you're doing is unethical, leechy, lazy, and kind of sad. And Christian's like, whatever, like, if you're still going to do your thesis here, maybe we can collaborate. Like, Christian literally lives in another world by himself. Um, Josh asks Pele if he can read their sacred writings. And Pele's like, yeah, Christian already asked. I'll, I'll find out. Um, actually, no, I think at this point the answer is no. Um, but yeah, Christian already went to Pele to ask the same question. Um, we see Danny packing up in her in the room, like in the big room. Um, Pele walks in and she's like, I just, I have to leave. And... Um, like she seems like she's on the brink of a panic attack and he's like telling her that, um, he was the most excited for her to come and it's a once in a lifetime experience. Um, he also says that he lost his parents too, but he found his family in this community. So I think she's going to stay, um, out of nowhere though, we just get another, like it just goes to cuts to the two dead people with their squashed heads um, just op over an open fire. They're going to be cremated, but it's just like, if you, if you ever think you're safe from not seeing the squished heads, they just pop back, oh, pop, pop back onto the screen. 
um we see Danny like has a dream and she's like dreaming that all the guys are leaving without her and I don't think I, I this part used to confuse me but yeah I think I know it's a dream because it's pitch black outside and it doesn't get pitch black so I mean also we know it's a dream because um we also see her dead sister again which is really gross we also see the skulls getting squished again um yeah it's just like a really horrible dream um, the next day, we see the girl who kicked Christian during the dance. Um, she creeps over and, sorry, it's actually not the next day because it's still the evening. We see her creep over and put something underneath Christian's bed. Um, we see, now it's the next day, and we see people spreading ashes um, of the dead elders on a, f a tree that has fallen down. So it's a tree that's laying down. And again, like lots of singing is happening right now. Josh and Mark come over to Pele and Josh shows, shows Pele the thing that was put under Christian's bed and Pele says that it's a love rune, rune and it casts a love spell. Um, Pele says that he thinks his sister Maya is taking a liking to Christian. So we learn that the red-headed girl's name is Maya and I don't know if they're real brother and sister or just community brother and sister. Um, he says that last year she had a ceremony which allows her to have sex um, he then says, like a pants license. That's what I heard. And that's what the subtitle said. A pants license. I don't know what that means, but, or maybe I do contextually. Um, and then we hear shouting and we see that Mark is pissing on the tree where they were just spreading the ashes. Um, some guy is very mad, like actively wanting to fight him. Um, we learn it's a sacred tree. Pelly's like, you pissed on the ancestral tree. And he's like, so? I didn't know. And Pelly's like, it's it's tied to all of our dead. And Mark's like, it's just a dead tree, though. I just had to piss. Like, he's so horrible. Christian is laughing. Like, these guys, these guys truly, all of them suck. Connie comes up to Danny to say goodbye. And she's saying that Simon is getting a truck from one of the guys in the community right now. But just then a man comes up and says, um, oh, Connie, Simon wanted me to tell you um, that so-and-so drove him to the train station and that they'll come back and get you. And Connie's like, what? Why would he do that? That doesn't make any sense. Like he would have told me. And the guy's like, there's only two seats in the truck. Um, that's only, there's only one train today and it leaves in 90 minutes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And Connie's like completely calls bullshit. Like literally she's like, this is bullshit and walks away. Um, Christian is interviewing a member of the community. Um, Danny comes up to like tell Christian that Simon left without Connie and he's like what a dick move that sucks and then he just like goes back to talking to this guy um and he asks about incest um Danny's just like staring at him like she's finally seeing how much he sucks like for the very first time and then with regards to the incest we learn that elders approve mates cousins can sometimes mate but they, they respect the incest taboo um so they often invite outside people in um, Danny is walking past a building and a woman calls her in to join them and we see that it's just a bunch of women inside making meat pies for the evening. Um, so she goes in to help. An elder is showing Josh their sacred texts and explaining the rune alphabets to him. We meet a boy named Reuben. Um, his face is quite disfigured and I think we're, oh no, we are. We are to believe that he's also uh, mentally disabled and the elder says that his mind is unclouded by normal cognition. And Josh asks what happens when Reuben dies because um, Reuben is the one who's writing these texts now. So when Reuben dies and he's just young, um, 
Josh asks, do you have to wait for another baby that's not clouded? And the elder says, Reuben was a product of inbreeding. All our oracles are deliberate products of inbreeding. And Josh asks um, if he can take a picture of the books. And the guy's like, like, absolutely not. Like, mad that he even asked. Um, so yeah, that's just a little interesting thing about um, that cult. <laughs> that they make their own oracles. Um, anyways, we see Mark and he's just hanging around. Um, he's like trying to wait for this girl that he thinks is cute. And, um, we hear a woman scream very far off in the distance. Um, it's dinner time now. Everyone is sitting at the long tables again and everyone has a little meat pie to themselves. Danny asks if anyone has seen Connie and Mark says that he saw her sprinting somewhere earlier and a member of the community says, oh, I know what happened. Simon called the landline from the station and calmed Connie down. And then I drove her to the station to meet him. And Danny's like, why would Simon leave without her? And then she says, um, I could see you possibly doing that. She says that to Christian. And he's like, what the hell does that mean? And she just like stares forward. And she says, never mind. Um, Christian takes a bite of his pie and he gets a hair in his mouth. And everyone knows immediately that it is, in fact, a pubic hair. Um, we see that Christian's, like, everyone's drinking, like, yellowish, like, lemonade, maybe, and his is, like, a little bit more orange than others. It's, like, cloudy and orange, if you understand what I'm saying here. If you remember back to the tapestry that I told you about, uh. Um, anyways, a woman comes up to Mark and just says, come with me. And he's like, what? And she's like, come, I'll show you. And he's like, okay. And he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go, guys. She's gonna show me. So he goes off with her, obviously. Um, in the sleeping building, we see... Josh, um, oh, I guess, yeah, so sorry, dinner has ended, and um, Josh goes to bed, actually, we see him go to bed with his shoes on, and then later in the evening, he creeps out, um, it's the middle of the night, still like a little bit, it's not dark out, and he goes into the building with all the sacred texts, and he starts taking pictures of them, even with his flash on, what an idiot, and then we see someone coming up behind him, and he's like, Mark, what the fuck, Mark, um, and who we think is Mark is just like standing there, um, and as Josh is looking at him, Josh gets hit really hard um, over the back of the head with one of those big wooden mallets. And then we see, because the person comes over, that it wasn't Mark. It's someone wearing Mark's face. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Reuben, who is the young Oracle boy. So things have happened. Things have begun. Um, the next morning, we hear trumpet music playing. They all wake up. Um, it's breakfast time, but only Christian and Danny, like, they're the only ones of our group there. Pele is there, but, like, where's everybody else? Um, an elder man makes an announcement and says that their sacred book is missing from the temple, um, and that whoever has it, like, just return it. We won't ask any questions. Um, next we see that Danny goes with the rest of the ladies, like, it's gonna be the dance competition now. Um, and they're getting ready. Everyone's getting a full, um, cup of punch. It's not a full cup, actually. Um, just getting a little bit of something from a punch bowl. And there's obviously drugs in them. And the girl that's, like, helping Danny out just says, it's tea for the competition. So they start dancing by holding hands. And they're going in circles around the maypole. Um, Danny is definitely starting to trip now. Um, she's like looking at her feet and we see the similar effect, um, where there's like grass growing out of her feet, or it's more like her feet are like one with the grass. Um, and then we learn that the point of the competition is to be the last one dancing. So you got to be the last one standing. Um, 
Christian has gone inside one of the elder women's house houses um, and we see him looking at an image on the wall of a bear on fire which is interesting it's an image that comes back and he sits with this woman and she asks how do you feel about Maya you have been approved to mate with her you're an ideal astrological match and he says I think I ate one of her pubic hairs and she says sounds probably right um, at the maypole the tempo starts to speed up and the dance changes um, and they're doing more of like a dosi do now and like Danny's like really keeping up considering she doesn't know what's going on but yeah a few people fall um, one girl like gets sick she like vomits um, so if any of that happens you're out of the competition but Danny is doing really good we learned that there are only eight girls left now um, Christian has left the house and he's outside watching um, a girl brings Christian a drink, like the same thing that Danny drank, I'm pretty sure. And he says, what does it do? And she says, it breaks down your defenses and opens you to influence, which I think sounds, the opens you to influence sounds bad. Um, he tries to give it back and says, I'm worried I'll have a bad trip. But she's like, no, 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 you won't. Trust me. And he just like shoots it back. He just drinks the whole thing. Um, the dancing continues. Danny is so stoned now. She's just like getting pulled along for the ride and just like following the lead of everyone else. They keep um, like uh, like stopping and then going in reverse, like stop and then go the next direction. Um, and she's like having fun, it seems, um, but she's also really high. So it's like kind of hard to tell if she's having a good time. And then she's just like spinning and spinning and spinning. It's very dizzying. And the camera is like spinning as well. And all of a sudden, um, two girls bump into each other and they fall and Danny wins. Everyone does like silent clapping, like, you know, where you shake your hands back and forth. And she won. Um, she gets a giant flower May Queen crown. Um, and she's like walking through the crowd. Um, and Pele gives her like a real big intimate smooch, like out of nowhere, just like holds her face and gives her like a real, real smooch. Um, and then she stands on a platform and they lift her into the air. Um, they're like singing at her and she's above them all and they're walking. Um, it's dinner time now and everyone's standing at the table and Danny is at the head of the table. Um, she's on like she's sitting at this throne. It's like covered in like foliage and vines and flowers. And we actually see because like everyone's a little high, including Danny. We actually see the vines like moving. Um, and then Danny sits and everyone else sits and we can like see the flowers on her throne like breathing it's very cool um christian comes to the table but he is so stoned um there's this like really weird part where she has to eat like she has to swallow a long fish um it's like apparently a tradition so she like tries to do it but she like chokes on it and spits it out on the ground but everyone's like laughing like not laughing at her like laughing with her it's like a grand old time christian says to the guy beside him like his his pupils are like taking up his entire eyes he's so stoned he's like excuse me what's going on and the guy claps his hands loudly in christian's face and he looks so bummed about it and then he like sobs he's like why did you do that we see maya get up from the table and leave walk towards the house she gives christian a very come hither look and he follows her danny notices now we learn that it's um, tradition for the May Queen to bless the crops and livestock. She asks if Christian can come with her and the answer is nay. Um, we see her like burying some seeds and some meat and blessing it and doing some songs. Um, we see Christian inside the house. Now he is wearing a robe. 
an elder man gives him, um, like he has him breathe in kind of some incense. And he says, for your vitality. So like Christian is even more stoned now. Um, a man opens a door and we see that there are 12 naked women of various ages. Like they're all, most of them are um, like older women, um, various ages, various sizes. Um, I paused it to count. I'm not going to lie. And they're standing like in a semicircle. And then Maya is on the ground naked in the middle in front of them. And all the women are humming. So Christian is like now before her. Um, he's also naked. He kisses her and then he la lays down and then it's like presumed that they had sex. Um, they're having sex now and Maya is like reaching out to her mom who's behind her and her mom like comes and takes her hand and starts singing to her and Christian is like what? And then the mom starts singing at him and like that like gets him going a bit and then they just like all start moaning and they're just like chanting um and kind of moaning at the same time like in unison um outside Danny starts to walk towards the sounds she's hearing these sounds and she's like what is that a woman tries to stop her and she sees through a peephole and she just starts like retching she's like gagging she's sobbing she's screaming um a group of young women bring Danny to the sleeping house and she's like hyperventilating at this point they get her to breathe like take deep breaths, like breathe in unison with her, with them. And then they're like all on the floor. And it's like this really interesting part where they're all like sobbing and screaming and just like heaving, 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 heaving together. There's like 10 women and all of them. And they're just like screaming together. I personally like this part a lot. This part is is a, a lot to handle um it's I find it really powerful um it's kind of like I think it's like grief sharing and at this point it's like she's like finally releasing all of this pain that she has that she's been like trying to hold back and she's just like sharing it with all of these other women and I, I find it to be very powerful it's one like it's it's uncomfortable as well like grief is sometimes uncomfortable but they're sharing it together I really like it um, cut to the house where the sex is happening. Um, and again, they're all loud, moaning really loudly in unison. And now there's like a, a quite a bit older woman who's behind Christian. She's got her hands on his ass and she's pushing him into Maya. Um, and I just want to say that this is not cool, you guys. Like he's high, which means he can't consent. And he probably wouldn't have anyways. Like, I know he followed her into that room and stuff, but he's really high. So, like, this is not cool at all. Um, and, like, I think it's presumed that he finishes. I have no idea how anyone could finish under this pressure, under the noise, under the amount of drugs he's under. Um, anyways, so he finishes and she kind of, like, scrunches her legs up together. And she's like, I can feel it. I can feel the baby. So that's the point. That's obviously some outside blood that she's, that they're trying to get. They hopefully that she makes a baby with Christian. Um, Christian runs outside. He's naked. Um, we see full frontal penis. Um, we can hear Danny and the women like wailing inside from somewhere else. Um, Christian is running. And then we see um, a foot in the garden like a foot sticking out of a garden and we know that it's Josh's foot okay so now we know that Josh has died he runs into another building it's like a chicken coop and we see that someone is strung up like hands and feet um their stomach is facing down and they're like flayed open and we see that their lungs are like 
breathing. And again, I think it's just because Christian is high. I'm pretty sure it would, it would be impossible for someone to be breathing at this point. They're absolutely dead. And we see that it's Simon. Um, and then just then a man comes from behind Christian and blows something in his face and he gets dizzy and he passes out. Then we hear someone say Christian and we hear like a finger snap and someone says, hello, there you are. You can't speak. You can't move. All right. And then we're seeing through his eyes and there's a bunch of people in front of him. Um, the elder woman is saying, um, that they make an offering to the sun. Today we surrender nine human lives. Danny is wearing, at this point, her, her crown, but she's wearing an entire gown of flowers. Like, it's a full-body, like, cape, kind of. And she's just sitting in this flower throne in her flowers. Um, so she says, the woman says, for Harga, for, okay, for Harga takes, they also give. Um, and then we learn that there were four new bloods and four from Harga, and then one to be chosen by the queen. So we learn that the lives from the Harga, from the community, are the two people who threw themselves from the cliff, as well as two volunteers. And the volunteers are Ingmar and someone named Oof. Um, Pele gets props for bringing new blood and the new May Queen. So Pele is living large. Um, then the May Queen has to choose between the new blood and a randomly selected Harga member who it ends up being Turbion. That's who gets randomly selected. Some guy. And obviously the new blood is Christian. Um, and he's like in an old-fashioned wheelchair and he's obviously completely paralyzed. Um, we await her choice. Um, we see her like starting to cry. And then we see the dead body of Connie being brought into the Yellow Triangle building. Um, like in a wheelbarrow and then we see all the other bodies everything is getting brought into this building um, and we see Mark like we see his face and then he's kind of on like a stuffed scarecrow it seems um, and then there are like um, um, bales um, bales of straw that's the word I need um, inside the building as well as like like all the dead bodies are being put in there and we see that Mark's scarecrow with his face on it has a jester hat which reminded me that from earlier in the movie when Connie asks what game are the children playing and the answer was skin the fool so Mark is the fool and he gets skinned I love that um inside the barn um we also see um the corpse of a bear the bear that we saw earlier R.I.P. that bear and we see that they're cutting out the insides of it. Um, and then Christian is wheeled over. I, like, I felt ill at this point. Like, I'm, like, I'm not feeling good about what's happening. Um, and then we see that they put Christian inside the bear's body. Um, his eyes are very, very concerned, but he's paralyzed. Oh, it's awful. Um, and then a man from the community comes up um, to the two people who volunteered and says... Um, so that's Ingmar and Ulf. They're inside the barn now and he's giving them something. He says, it's from the yaw tree. It's to feel no pain. And then people come in and they start to set fire to the straw. Um, and we see right in the middle is Christian inside the bear suit. Um, he's in the middle of the room and, um, yeah, it's inside this big yellow triangle building. We see Danny is watching on, so is everybody, and they're singing. Um, Danny is like holding back tears. And we see this flames beginning to spread inside, and we see the bear slash Christian go up in flames. It sucks. 
it's just like oh gross um and then we get to the two volunteers and they obviously feel pain like whatever they gave them was obviously a lie and like we hear them like screaming in agony um outside everyone from the community is screaming and writhing and yelling in agony um again like they're just like feeling this pain together and Danny is like trying to walk away but she's like wearing this massive um like flower gown and she's like laughing and sobbing and like the people are really freaking out now with their screaming and writhing and um Danny is just like looking into the burning building and then we just like see her start to smile a little and then her smile gets bigger and you actually realize that it's like the first time in this entire movie that she smiled and yeah we just see Danny smiling and that's the end my final thoughts on this movie are that um it's one of my favorite modern horror movies i think especially af um, as of like the last few years and through um like a24 movies it's my favorite it's my go-to it's almost a comfort horror movie for me if i can um i love the daytime horror i think it kind of reminds me like the whole movie's got um like almost a summer camp vibe to it just because of how sunny and beautiful it is and i love horror movies that are based in summer camps i love that genre um i also think the acting is really good like in the end like you kind of realize that every character is shitty um i don't personally think danny is shitty i know i know that some people do like she you know she's um she's got issues and she definitely like is putting a lot of um her emotional baggage on her boyfriend who definitely does not want to be dealing with it um yeah those two really need to communicate but i almost like a like it's a movie that's hard to watch because people are unlikable and i find that interesting and unique and i find like i had said it's that powerful powerful part of the screaming and the grief and the sharing of that grief um i think that's what has made this movie so special to me it's what makes me want to rewatch it i just find that part really powerful this movie is an entire two and a half hours long so as someone who really likes a 60 hour horror movie a 60 60 minute horror movie oh my goodness um it's a hard one to get through um it's also like it's quite slow it's a, it's quite a slow horror movie um but it's a beautiful horror movie that's probably why i like to i like to rewatch it it's it's a fun summer horror movie um and it's not you know it's not the scariest there's not really any jump scares but it's quite disturbing um which i think is what ari aster does very well um kind of screws with your head quite a lot but um, I love this movie. I will absolutely watch it many more times. Probably next time I watch it will be summertime. I'll save it until it's warm again. Um, but I hope that you guys enjoyed. Thanks.